0: Welcome to the DCOM After Dark podcast. My name is Kevin,
1: and this is Lindsay,
0: and we are going to talk today to you about Under Wraps. <laughs> Under Wraps is a pretty fun movie that started in that came out in 1997. It was one. Of, it was the first DCOM original movie, Disney Channel original movie that they did. I'm not really sure what made them decide to start with a halloween movie but they did so you know they did it was uh included in this in the hundred original movies that they did from like may to june in 2016 which was almost 10 years 20 years after the original movie came out it was an interesting take because i remember this movie coming out when we were kids and i didn't give any fucks because when i was a kid <laughs> we didn't watch like scary shit so, like, I, this is another one that I didn't see when it came out. Because it had, like, a mummy and sh- So, like, I grew up in, like, a semi-religious home. So, like, wizards and, like, witches and mummies and all that scary shit. My parents were not about... Like, me and my brother didn't give a fuck, but we just weren't about it. So we didn't really watch this kind of stuff. But for whatever reason, uh, like I said, Harry yeah. Potter's okay.
1: This kind of threw me off. It kind of scared me at my... <laughs> my age now, I was like, damn, this is a little frightening.
0: <laughs> when you were this years old, is still this, scared This you?
1: years old, yeah. Like, yesterday.
0: Yeah, well, I uh, watched it, and I did not... I have a lot of problems with this film. Oh, I have I a lot of, like, it. just logistical things that we will get into, because this movie, yeah. I'm just gonna say right now, it wasn't one of my faves.
1: Oh, this is definitely like my right level of terrifying. I was anything more than this and I can't sleep at night. So this was a good level of Halloween movie for me.
0: That makes sense. With with this being our Halloween episode for this year, it's the people should really enjoy it because we're talking about something that's spooky mummies <laughs> and Egyptian queens. I don't and it know. does
1: take place during Halloween. Around
0: Halloween. All those good things. But let us uh, that's enough starting talking about before it. Let's get into it. So uh, Under Wraps, it stars Mario Yadidia as Marshall. I think it's Yadidia. Adam Wiley as Gilbert. Clara Bryant as Amy. And Ed Lauder as Mr. Kubot. Those are the main people. Oh, and Bill Fagerbakke Fager as Harold the Mummy. And, I don't know if you knew this, that's the same guy that plays Ted, the boyfriend.
1: Oh, my mummy God. Mummy and boyfriend, same what?
0: guy. Yeah, mummy, boyfriend, same guy. So, those are the people Shut the in the door. movie. I didn't recognize anyone. I feel like I've heard of Ed Lauder before, but I didn't
1: He was in Coach, anyone. the TV show, right?
0: I think so, the like the show with Craig T. Nielsen, like a long time ago.
1: Yeah, that one.
0: <laughs> in like the '80s. Yeah, I
1: think,
0: I think he was in that.
1: I think he was too.
0: And he had like a regular role. Let me see, let's take a look. It says he was in the A team. He was major. Kyle had a, he had a role in the A team. He was a, had a role in Miami Vice. Coach. nothing's coming up for coach
1: oh maybe I just made that
0: up you might have just made that up he had like roles in like a lot of shows like single episodes nothing here he had it nothing here has a extended run maybe not he was I probably know him from like some movies he was in the longest yard he was in Talladega Nights yeah so I've seen him recently and stuff Nothing from before. So I guess this was, I mean, with this being the first Disney Channel original movie, I guess these people were relatively nobodies because they were doing a TV movie and they had no idea how this was going to go.
1: Sounds about right.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Looking here at some of their credits for some of the people in the movies, the only one that really worked after was Adam Wiley. Clara and Mario both pretty much did this movie and did like one or two other things after that and that was it. Nothing too substantial.
1: Was that kid in a Step by Step?
0: Which the Mario?
1: No, Gilbert. Oh,
0: I- Gilbert. He was in some of his TV work. He was on the show called The Torkelsons that I used to watch. He was. He did a lot of voice work. He was the voice on Pepper Ann. He was a voice on Batman Beyond. He was a voice. He he voices Curly in Hey Arnold. He was in a few episodes of Gilmore Girls in season two. He does various voices on American Dragon, Jake Long, various voices on Ben 10. So he does a lot of voice work. Okay. I don't see step by step in his filmography. I'm guessing he technically, you know, we get to this at the end, but technically he won life. But I don't know if that really.
1: Yeah, I think so, too.
0: Count. I mean, he, the, of all of them, the other ones look like they just got out of television, out of acting. All he his biggest role was in a show called *Picket Fences*. It was an American television drama about the residents of a town called Rome, Wisconsin. It was a David E. Kelly joint in the nineties. He That's had a regular. He had a regular role in that. He was there for four seasons, eighty-seven episodes. So he was nominated for some Young Artist Awards, but. He went into voice work after that, so nothing too crazy.
1: Huh. Okay, so should we get into this movie?
0: Yeah, let's get into it. I know you liked it. I did not, so let's start (laughs) at the beginning. All right. So
1: it opens up, and we've got this family sitting at the dinner table, and Mm -hmm. his dad's kind of being a dick, and he's being a little harsh to his family, and he's going off about how like monsters aren't real, monsters don't exist, and he like ushers his wife off away from the dishes so that he can finish up for her and as this opened up this scene looked terrible the acting was terrible and i was very scared that this was going to be the movie
0: <laughs> i was too and i was like i know this is 97 but god damn
1: <laughs> yeah it was it was awful and as he the you know dad's doing the dishes or whatever this monster smashes through the window over the sink and grabs the dad's head and tries to like smash the dad's head onto a butcher knife that was spinning in the garbage disposal. This is a lot for me in this moment.
0: It was a real interesting start to the film, admittedly. We then it was pull terrifying. out terrifying. We pull out and we see that they're in a movie theater and people are screaming, you're like, oh. Oh. <sighs>
1: This yes. wasn't real.
0: So Marshall,
1: our main character, mm-hmm. is watching this movie in the movie theater with his friend Gilbert. So Marshall and Gilbert are watching the horror film in the mm-hmm. movie theater, mm-hmm. and Gilbert just like pieces out, and after the movie, Marshall meets him outside the theater, and is just like laying into him about being afraid of everything, and... I really don't blame Gilbert, because this movie looked terrible. I would have walked out, too.
0: I would have also left the theater.
1: But, whatever. They start walking home, and they pass the home of Mr. Kubot. Yeah. And Gilbert lets it slip out that he hasn't collected his paper route money from Mr. Kubot in two years.
0: Because Mr. Kubot seems terrifying.
1: Yeah, he does. And I'm thinking at this point, like, oh, man, this is, like, the misunderstood neighbor, and... Everything will work out in the end, and he'll probably end up being the hero.
0: And be, like, a super nice guy. Right? But then they go and knock on the door, and, and Marshall has decided he's going to give Mr. Kubat a piece of his mind and get this money for Gilbert. Which I have no idea why he, this 12-year-old, 13-year-old kid thinks this is what's going to work, but whatever.
1: Well, yeah, at night, too. Like, just business is done in the day, sir.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However... So they go up to the door, they knock on the door, ring the doorbell, and Mr. Kuba answers the door with his pit bull.
0: Yep, on a, on a leash.
1: On a le- on a chain. A chain, yep. And let's, like, six the pit bull on these two kids, and they just run for Take it. Take off
0: running, scared as hell.
1: And the dog chases them. Until the he chain gets is the a
0: long-ass chain. chain, too. It's a long-ass chain. And so, like, they can run from the front of the door... All the way back through the gate at the end of the walk, and I was just like, "This is pretty, this is this is pretty unresponsible, irresponsible of a person to have this chain this long to terrify these children." But it makes sense why he hasn't, why uh, Gilbert hasn't been paid. So
1: yeah, well, so at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe not the misunderstood neighbor. This guy is like a real dick,
0: terrible person.
1: And we're only, like, five minutes into this movie, and I've already been scared twice. (laughs) (laughs) So, we... They run all the way to Marshall's house, and they, like, rush into the door, and Marshall's mom is there, and Marshall's about to tell her about this whole interaction, but then her boyfriend, Ted, walks in.
0: Ted walks right in, into the room, because... He's, you know, he's dating his mom, and you're like, oh, another dead, a dead dad, or divorce, something.
1: They're divorced,
0: yeah. And and you're like, Marshall instantly is not a fan of Ted, mom's boyfriend.
1: Like, yeah, you could tell he's disappointed by his existence. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just like, oh, I'm tired, I'm going to go to bed now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm real, like, yeah, real busy, I'm going to head up the stairs. And then Ted's like, well, okay, buddy, you know, uh, if you want to chat, let me know. Marshall was just missing yelling, you're not my real dad.
1: Yeah, well, Ted was holding Dreyer's ice cream. That was a sell for me. I'm like,
0: (laughs) you've got me. I'll talk to you
1: about the movie. Just give me some of that ice cream.
0: Yeah, he was just trying to be a good guy.
1: Right? But Marshall's not having it. We jump to the next scene. Before we get to
0: the next scene, well, Marshall goes upstairs and his mom comes into the room. And she tries to smooth things over. And she's like, you know, me and your dad, we've been divorced, and it's uh, it's time for me to move on and find some love. And Marshall's like, eh, nope. And at that moment, I was like, up, oh, Marshall's a piece of shit. He doesn't want his mom to find happiness. Okay, but this is why he's hiding behind all these monsters in his room because he has all these fucking monster crap in his room, which is weird as hell. But
1: yeah, a lot of stuff.
0: We'll and ignore like, it. Like
1: the the monster that broke through the window too. He even yeah. has like a life size. Replica of that
0: thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, creepy. Okay, so they jump to the next scene, and they're at school, and Amy walks in.
0: Yep, new character. Obviously, uh, important part of the crew, because every one of these movies seems to have a crew. So the three-person crew is Marshall, Amy, and Gilbert. They're the crew for this movie.
1: Right. So Amy walks straight up, and like he died. Mm -hmm. And they're all, like, who? She basically tells them that Mr. Kubot had a heart attack and was found dead covered in pancake batter.
0: And Gilbert's like, he died from some pancakes? That's a rough (laughs) way to go. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Attacked by your your freaking breakfast. Um, Amy's like, no, he was old and, like, organs fail and stuff.
0: And he had a heart attack, you dumbass.
1: Yeah. So, um... She basically tells them that somebody saw a sarcophagus in his house. She says coffin.
0: And they just, that's all they say is coffin.
1: Oh, coffin.
0: Yeah, she says coffin. They don't use the sophisticated word of sarcophagus.
1: Oh, my bad.
0: They read some Egyptian shit because they don't understand what the sarcophagus is because they're dumb kids in 1997.
1: Okay, so then a coffin. Mm -hmm. And she suggests that they go break in to confirm that it's there. I mean, it sounds like a great plan to me.
0: Which is weird. Cause just because there's a coffee in the man's house, which is even stranger, they want to then break in to double check. That seems pretty fucked up. But, you know, here we are. This is the <laughs> movie. We're having it.
1: Right. So they make plans to go do this. Marshall and Amy then go pick up Gilbert. And Gilbert's not having it again.
0: Now, he's not interested in his life. He needs no. new friends.
1: Yeah. Well, His friends he are not
0: does. he's not their speed
1: no but then there's like this weird story in the background about like Gilbert's mom and her creepy dolls
0: yeah that seems like a side thing they did for to give uh the mom some character we never see her and she's pretty irrelevant yeah
1: it has no relevance but they just you know commonly mentioned that she's got a weird thing going on with her dolls and, you know, yeah. takes them to movie theaters and buys them popcorn. And that happened one them.
0: time. That happened one time. The popcorn thing happened one time.
1: Okay, one time.
0: <laughs> That's what Gilbert said. I don't know. It's still weird. I don't... All of it's weird.
1: Yeah, but um, Marshall sets his watch so that Gilbert can be home before his curfew at 8.30. Mm-hmm. And they go to Kubot's and they, like, try to push in the window from the basement And then for someone who has zero interest in breaking in, Gilbert's like all in. He puts his back against the window, uses his full body weight to push the window, and then opens it and ends up falling halfway in while the other two grab him by his feet.
0: They hold him by his feet, he pushes in, and when he pushes in, he breaks some shit and knocks down the sarcophagus that was sitting in the basement. Now... There's a little backstory, a little bit they say about Kubot, and that Kubot, Mr. Kubot, worked at a museum in New York, and he has all these scary as artifacts in his house. What my assumption was when they said, when they mentioned a tidbit of him working at the museum, that he must be stealing those things from the museum and putting them all up in his house.
1: Has and, to be right.
0: Right, and sure enough, there's a sarcophagus coffin, as they said, it was but a sarcophagus in his. In his basement, and when they knock the shit over, it pushes the sarcophagus down. And they have Gilbert hanging in the basement upside down, being held on by his feet.
1: Right. And he starts describing the contents of the basement, at which point he sees this hand of a mummy sticking out of the coffin and freaks out.
0: freaks the fuck out, and he has him pull him up, and he takes off running like a track star.
1: Screaming. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he eventually gets down the street, stops, and tells them what he saw, and that he lost his glasses. So he must have lost his glasses in the basement when he was hanging upside down.
0: Which makes sense, because the kid with glasses should be the one to you hang upside down, and he doesn't take them off, you know?
1: Right. Well, it wasn't intentional. Once he pushed the window open, he went full body in. So. That's true. Um, they convince Gilbert to go back to get his glasses... Because Marshall then, said
0: he's convinced that Kubat killed a guy.
1: Right. And they want to
0: go see it, and that's morbid as fuck.
1: And then Amy just kind of clarifies that her mom actually has the key since she's the realtor to sell the place. And that, like, she didn't want to use the key before because it just wasn't fun.
0: Stupid, stupid children.
1: <laughs> but then we cut back, and the mummy is becoming animated as the, the full moon, moon
0: shines yes. through the window and hits them. And he becomes a walking, talking, breathing, question mark, mummy?
1: Unsure on that one.
0: Where should happen, brings him to life, I don't know.
1: Actually, not breathing, no, because it gets, I don't know, whatever. Animated, that's why I chose that word, animated. So he comes to life. (laughs) Right. So they enter through the front door this time, and the house is creepy AF. Like, Mm -hmm. there's fuck. Yeah, there's junk this, everywhere.
0: It's, this podcast has an explicit warning you can say as fuck.
1: I I put AF in my notes, and uh, it <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> so, um, Marshall, our like, horror film guru, is actually making Amy go first, which made me laugh. Because he's like, no, I got your back. You go. And she does. She's got it. So, she went first. And, um... She kind of, like, hits him with a little bit of wit again. You know, Mm -hmm. that's my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. I'm starting to think these two are pretty cute. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I like it. And uh, Gilbert stays back because he's a pansy.
0: Right, because he doesn't want to be there at all to begin with. Gilbert has no interest in this life.
1: That's true. I I shouldn't judge him because I I wouldn't be in this house either.
0: I would have never came. I would have stood to my friends and said, guys, I'll see y'all when y'all get back. Let me know how it went.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't have even lied. i have been like, "Yeah, I didn't ask my mom. I didn't want to go." <laughs> Not gonna make it. <laughs> and um, so he stays back there in the basement, and he hears like loud footsteps, and starts stuff starts falling off the walls, and the door handle across the room starts to wiggle, and he starts backing up against the basement door, mm-hmm. and of course, Amy. And Marshall open the basement door, and then Gilbert falls again. This kid just doesn't know where to put his back.
0: Right, he's just trying to, can't seem to stay on his feet. But once again, he's not trying to be there to begin with. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm, that's true. I'm champion for Gilbert because I'm with him throughout this film because there's just like situations that he's in that he has no interest in being in, and his friends have talked him into being there because his friends are pretty shitty friends comparatively. Cause he's like, I don't want to do this.
1: Yeah, but he should have been more honest to be like, Nah, I'm good. No. True. True. Um. So, they're all standing there at the top of the basement door, and the other door that was jiggling and wiggling busts open, and this mummy walks through and is like moaning and growling at them. Yep. And the mummy chases them around. Yeah. They they, say they they run. They run, they get chased, and then they lock themselves in a different room, block the door, and they're like nobody can get through this door and then the mummy busts through busts the wall. Busts through
0: the wall, yep.
1: And the mummy superhuman has the, mummy strength. Right. Or the house is just really old. Both. So the mummy corners them, and then like the toilet catches the corner of the mummy's eye, and he stops to take a leak.
0: Yeah, he's a mummy. He's been dead for thousands and thousands of years. Um, bathroom and in, in, um, indoor plumbing didn't exist then. So I don't know how he knew that that's what he needed to do. Oh. But I'm sure in 97 that led to a lot of laughs. People would.
1: <laughs> oh, see, I have a theory and I'll get to it later. But, okay. So the mummy comes out of the bathroom and then. They didn't run at the time when he was taking this really long piss. I don't know That's why I they didn't run. That's when they should have taken run. off, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't. So Gilbert gets grabbed because he's clearly the slowest. And the mummy, like, picks him up, feet dangling. And then the mummy hands Gilbert back his glasses. And then he, puts him down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't scary after all. He recognized that the kid lost his glasses earlier. And he needed to come find them. That's why he came back.
1: So, I guess I could share my theory at this time. I'm pretty sure that the mummy has reanimated before. Okay. And this is just one of the times that he's come come back. back. So, he's kind of learned some things over the years. As in, like, the toilet. And that kids wear glasses. And they belong on your face. Huh. And things like that, so okay,
0: yeah. going into that theory, the year is nineteen ninety seven kids re mummy I reanimate reanimated. How many times do you think he's come back to life?
1: Well, it sounds like you can come back to life every full moon,
0: right, but the, it seemed like that the moon had to hit you the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's some more, right? no i I feel like the moon has to like hit you. With that, like, a certain way, I guess, right? He doesn't come alive in the sarcophagus.
1: Maybe. Or perhaps before they moved him out of wherever he was originally, the moon had a way of hitting him.
0: And he, like, walked around the museum and shit?
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, not the museum, wherever he was, like, laid to rest.
0: So somewhere in Egypt?
1: Perhaps. Okay, okay. Yeah. So
0: that's I my do, theory. I have I have, I have one I have one I have one um thing that I think dispels the theory, but we'll get to it and I'll tell you what it is later.
1: Okay. So Marshall tries to get Gilbert to leave, but he's like scared frozen. Right. And Marshall has to like shimmy over to him, and then they're like backing away from the mummy when Marshall's watch goes off which he set so that Gilbert would be home on time. This is Gilbert's fault. Right. (laughs) And the mummy is scared of the watch. So Marshall shows him like the functions of the watch to get him to calm down and then they start to learn that this mummy's pretty cool. Like there's really not much to be scared of. And uh, the mummy starts playing with Amy's hair and i'm i'm kind of fond of her cuz her response is great my new shampoo attracts dead guys i thought that was hilarious
0: it was it was witty but i don't know why they were still okay with the mummy touching them
1: yeah i mean that's kind of weird but they, i mean maybe they didn't know it was real right i'd be in shock i'd be um Straight up like Halloween Town Mr. Logic being like Nah this is just some guy in a costume
0: Yeah I guess that's true You might think that at first
1: (laughs) So Marshall says He wants to keep the mummy And then they say they'll come back tomorrow to figure out What they're gonna do with the mummy And the mummy mumbles okay So like he's talking now
0: Which is you know 30,000 years Even if he reanimated before there's no way he knows English because he was in Egypt, but, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, and the word okay. So that's why it made me think he was coming back.
0: So those, those few times he came alive, he learned the English language, I guess?
1: I guess. This well, is why I have problems with this film. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Marshall and the mummy have, like, some weird connection that they're, like, working on. And then Gilbert thanks him for the glasses the mummy gives a thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs up, Kevin.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that.
1: And, um, but he, like, needs his other hand to, like, because his, his, you know, thumb's stiff. So he needs his other hand to, like, make the thumbs up move. Yeah,
0: he has to push it up. <laughs> like, but, uh, with his hand. It's weird. It's, but We go yeah. with it. You know, we go with it. It's whatevs.
1: So they say goodbye to the mummy. And we're at school the next day. And they're discussing what they're going to do. And Amy brings up Ted, mom's boyfriend, and Marshall completely shuts him down.
0: Yeah, does not a fan of that guy for no, no. reason.
1: And this ginger comes up and tries to hit on Amy.
0: And, and she, she shuts him down. It's like, not interested. She leaves. And then she's like, oh, I know that kid has a crush on me. But I give no fucks.
1: The guys were like super confused and she's like oh it's never gonna happen and marshall's like why not he's i he saw that olsen twins movie twice how can you respect a guy like that
0: i i just at that time i I was like amy is interesting (laughs) she seems to hate this kid for trying to like you know live his life and i was wondering what olsen twin movie do you think he saw
1: I was also wondering the same.
0: Do you think it was, like, It Takes Two? Do you think it was, like, The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, like, one of those films? Ooh. If she saw it twice and she knows it, it was probably in the theaters, so I'm guessing it was It Takes Two.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't really, like, diss on him that much for watching that one. The Adventures of Mary-Kate and Ashley, that one, that one you could judge a guy for.
0: You know agreed probably because those were some really odd movies but there was like a whole line of those films whereas It Takes Two okay so It Takes Two pulling it up came out in 1995 this movie is in 97 they also did Passport to Paris in 99 so it couldn't have been that
1: it's gotta be It Takes Two
0: it's gotta be It Takes Two looking here at their filmography Unless it was Billboard Dead. Could have been Billboard. No, no, Billboard Dead came in 98. This movie came out in 97. Had to be It Takes Two.
1: All right. So he saw that movie twice, and she shut him down because of it. Terrible. Well, the guys are, like, confused at her, like, her explanation, but I thought it was hilarious. And they go back to figuring out, like, what they're going to do about the mummy, and they start, like, going through, like, what other... Monsters kind of are known for, and then mm-hmm. they kind of realize they have no idea about mummies and no one go, does. Yeah, they no don't figure out more.
0: If you were to and power rank the monsters, right, in, in all of lore, there's Dracula, there are vampires, I should say, mummies, werewolves. Mummies are ranked rather low on that power ranking.
1: Well, when they started going through and listing, like, banshees and stuff like that, I was like, what do mummies do? Like, what what am I supposed to be scared of?
0: Like, they're not going to suck
1: your blood or eat your brains. Like, what do they do?
0: They moan. They put their hands out straight. They walk and follow you around. They're reanimated corpses that are not trying to get your body, which is what zombies try to do. They're trying to eat your brains. They're not even trying to do that. Mummies are pretty fucking lame.
1: So, it's just a fear factor.
0: Yeah, the fear of the unknown.
1: Okay. So, we need to learn more about mummies. And this is when we get introduced to our adult friend, Bruce. Mm hmm. And he has a store of some sorts,
0: which has weird artifacts and whatnot, yeah. like uh, magic tricks. I-, I think of it as a. Uh, the comic book store before comics were in his store.
1: Okay, that makes sense. And, uh, he's introduced to us by, like, faking his own death with a knife to the back. And, like, falling out of the back room. But yeah, it was
0: a pretty lame joke and the kids call it out immediately.
1: Yeah, Marshall was kind of just disappointed by his lack of effort. Just kind of starts picking apart his approach to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, bruce hands us some literature on mummies and that's when we learn that they're protectors of kings and queens crypts. and during the festival of the dead also known as halloween the spirit of the mummy may be freed by the purity of the full moon but if he doesn't return to his tomb by midnight midnight of that evil night he will dissolve into dust and the book shows the symbol of the Eye of Ra, which is the mm-hmm. symbol that the kids saw on the mummy's coffin. So I'm pretty sure we can now pinpoint where this is coming from, right? Yep. And we hop on our bikes and start going towards Kubat's house. And they run into this little kid outside of the house. I think it's Amy's little brother. Does that sound right to you? No. I'm not sure. I
0: can, it was just a, i thought it was just a kid.
1: Okay. Maybe some neighborhood kid, but like Amy has
0: It was so interesting thing about this film is that you could I, I like that later on in the movies they give you more detail, but this one lacks a lot of explanation in what's going on, which is why I was just not feeling it. But oh. yeah, some random kid who's outside the house and he tells them that they're selling that, that Kubot stuff is gone. They're selling yes. he saw all of it get moved because they're selling the house. Amy's mom is already selling that house.
1: And he said that it was a big yellow truck that came and got all of the stuff. And they run into the house and they're surprised by Amy's mom, who is showing the house, and the mom can tell there's something up immediately because they're asking all these questions about his possessions and where they're at and where they went.
0: What are you kids up to?
1: Right. And Gilbert tries smoothly, tries to cover up by saying they're doing a school report. And Amy's mom...
0: She says, on Mr. Kubot? Yeah. uh -uh."
1: (laughs) Yeah. Doesn't quite work. And Amy's mom tells them that there's nothing in the basement but some boxes... And that's the way it was when the movers came to get the furniture to sell all of it for Mr. Kubot's IRS debts.
0: A man has back taxes and he needs to pay him. And now that he's dead, they can only just take his possessions to get it done.
1: Right. So they leave. And that's when we cut to our mummy walking through the dairy freeze drive through picking up an orange soda, cruising around town. He sees a man in bandages at the hospital, and then chases him into the hospital and through the hospital for a um, lovely little scene of weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is clearly a '90s movie because the crew is on their bikes cruising around town. That is yeah. the form of transportation. Um,
0: when he walks into when the, when the mummy walks into the hospital, no one looks up. No one notices he's there.
1: Correct. Well, everyone's ignoring him because they're, they're like, terrible at customer service. Yep. Patient service. But the kids, like, miss him because they're driving, or they're riding past the hospital right when he goes in. And the hospital staff, like, eventually does notice this guy, and they confuse him as a self-treated burn victim.
0: That wrapped himself in gauze?
1: Yes. And uh, he clearly has no heartbeat because they listen and then they try to shock him with the AED to bring him back to life. Doesn't work. No, which catches him on fire.
0: Yeah, he puts it out and he runs away.
1: Yes, so he runs out of the hospital at which point the kids see him and then hide him from the hospital employees who are now chasing after him for some unknown reason.
0: Right. Like I said, a lot of things in this film. So, okay, so if there was a burn victim and he ran out the hospital, he didn't fill out any forms, why are you guys chasing him? Don't <laughs> you guys have other patients you guys need to t- deal with, need to take care of? Ugh, the 90s.
1: Yeah. Well, the mummy ends up charading everything that just happened to him.
0: To, Marshall, to Marshall. Marshall yeah. deciphers all of it. He's like, three words. First word, hospital. Okay. Second <laughs> <Same> word. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, they decide that they're going to hide him at Marshall's house. And Marshall insults Ted by saying his mom's used to big, clunky guys walking around. Which, this joke is so much funnier now that I know it's the same person.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <sighs> so they bring him into Marshall's house. And since his room is decorated in a bunch of horror crap the mom like doesn't even notice and she thinks it's just like a new decoration except for his room now smells of a rotting corpse and she like makes comment about it
0: and i didn't understand how the mom was so dumb in fact that whenever she turned around harold had like a new pose or the the mommy had a new pose whenever she kept looking at him
1: yeah but maybe it moves
0: uh, it's ninety-seven. Probably not. It's I not a. It's not a Disney animatronic here.
1: Well, <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I was giving her credit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she. Uh,
0: so she's she, bad parenting again. Bad parenting. Yep. But this is another example of bad parenting in a Disney <laughs> film.
1: So they um, they put high karate on the mummy. Do you remember what high karate was, Kevin?
0: I do not. I do not.
1: It was a, like... It was an aftershave in the 80s.
0: So it was Axe Body Spray before Axe Body
1: it, spray. Yes. It, like... Their marketing phrase was, be careful how you use it. And then they turn around and, like, pour it on this mummy. Like, they pour the whole damn bottle of aftershave it said on him. it
0: smells terrible.
1: Right. Well... Be careful how you use it. That's going to come back around later.
0: That makes more sense why that happened later.
1: Yeah. So... They pour
0: the high karate (laughs) all over him. They're disgusting. They decide that they're going to name the mummy Harold.
1: Harold. Right. Because... Because he
0: looks like a Harold.
1: Yeah. His, um... Marshall's uncle. And this is a dark joke that Amy tells. She's like, your aunt must be ready to open a vein. (laughs) <laughs> that's a terrible jar. Like that's that's rough. Yeah. Dark. This movie's it's dark. Darkest,
0: darkest dark fuck.
1: <laughs> so Harold starts to have an emotional connection. Harold being the mummy, which we just named. Um, he has an emotional connection to the song "All by Myself" by Eric Carmen. Also weird to
0: me. It. Um, since when do you know music, Harold? How do you know the song?
1: Everybody knows all by myself.
0: Not if you've been dead for 3,000 years.
1: (laughs) That's why I think he's coming back. Anyway, so we jump to a different scene, and some goons are noticing that Harold's coffin is empty. Jump back, and Marshall is staring out the window at his mom and Ted doing some, like, high school... Canoodling at the car
0: Wait but first When we go back to that scene We've noticed that the goons realize that the coffin's empty And the person That says that They can't buy it like this It's Kubot doom, doom, doom. Kubot's alive he didn't kill him He's not dead he faked his own death
1: It was that scene that that happened?
0: Mm-hmm. He's there and he's like the The, the guy's not gonna buy it with this thing Being empty We need to Find out what happened to the mummy.
1: Wow, I did not even notice that until much later in the movie.
0: Yep. So Kubak faked his own death, and he's now talking to his goons, trying to get them to figure out what happened to this mummy guy.
1: Huh. Okay. I didn't know. Okay. Cool. We're there. So um. Back to okay. back, back to, to the, Marshall the staring out of his window. Yes. Right. Right. He's right. Creeping
0: on his mom while she's trying to get it in.
1: So Marshall is explaining to Harold, our mummy, that his mom's got a new boyfriend and how his dad's too busy and doesn't come around anymore. And he starts talking about how, like, love doesn't really mean much anymore. And most parents are divorced or hate each other. And, like, what's the point of love? Right. And Harold is, like, super sad for Marshall And pulls a plant out of a pot, shakes off the dirt, and gives it to Marshall.
0: It's ridiculous that we know he's sad because this is a fucking mummy that should not know English. But he does. Go on.
1: It's fine. He is an English mummy from Egypt who knows all about 80s music and emotion. (laughs) (laughs) So... um. Marshall goes to sleep, and Harold goes on a night adventure. Ends up seeing the eye on a side of bus, the Eye of Raw, which we saw from the book. And Marshall wakes up, notices he's missing, grabs the gang, and they go looking for him. Amy starts mocking the PJs of Gilbert. And then when he, like, tries to come back at her, she's like, oh, I sleep in the nude. And Gilbert crashes his bike straight up crashes into a
0: mailbox because you just can't <laughs> believe that sometimes people don't wear clothes
1: oh i like amy anyway they start riding their bike looking for harold and they see this museum they see that there's like i think they see the eye on the outside of the building they do, and they're like maybe they do a sort of a banner
0: and they're like yeah let's go see if he's in there so they go inside yeah just when a minor f- felony yeah, they just break in and enter a museum. While they're in the museum, they they find Harold in the Egyptian exhibit. In the Egyptian exhibit, Harold is looking down at another sarcophagus mm-hmm. that belonged to his queen. While he's looking at the sarcophagus, Gilbert is the only one that decides to read something, so he reads a little plaque that's there for the queen and, he's, and that's when we find out that she's a queen and that she had a high priest who was dedicated to her and would do everything would be there to usher her through life and the afterlife
1: and that he took a vow of celibacy
0: Gilbert asked and, what celibacy and yep. Amy says it means you get no chicks Gilbert says I could never do that I need all the chicks and I was I, was, I did not like that explanation what celibacy was because that wasn't enough Gilbert's well, a little naive. He needs she's to know more. Like, I could
1: never do that. And she goes, "You'll get used to it."
0: <laughs> she's a hater. Amy's a mad hater. I'm it's okay with funny. it. Funny. But Gilbert's just trying to learn about life. He's trying to get Amy to teach him the birds and the bees.
1: Clearly, and about like which type of bra she's wearing. Yep. That was an earlier scene.
0: Well, Harold is there, and he's looking at the mummy, the sarcophagus. He looks at the wall and they realize that this that he's probably the high priest of this queen and this is his boo and he wants to be with his boo but you know she's also dead so you know there's that
1: but he like rips open the wraps on his chest and he reveals that they're wearing matching pendants
0: and they're like, oh my god, they loved each other. Yeah,
1: I don't know how they got
0: Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they got to that level of understanding the kids, but whatever. As Harold this is where I, I don't think that he's come alive before. Because as earlier it was told by the nerd guy in the in the fucking thing in the in the comic book Bruce. store before comic books, Bruce, it was said that Harold has to get back in the sarcophagus before midnight the following day or else he would turn to dust which doesn't seem like a terrible thing for someone that's been alive for three thousand for that's been dead for three thousand years but whatever so as he's reading the wall that's written in Egyptian hieroglyphics he realizes that he needs to be back in his coffin by midnight or else he would turn to dust if he had been alive before how is this the first time he's hearing about this
1: so I feel like there's a difference in the timeline because the full moon brings him to life, but he has to be back into his coffin by the end of Halloween. So that's a huge span of time, and it just turns out that this one is only like two or three days. But in other, any other full moon, he could walk the earth for like months.
0: Okay. Let's go with it. I'll 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 take your word for it.
1: Half a year? Many years.
0: Many many cause <laughs> it, wasn't it like before? Yeah, it was had to be before I guess Halloween they said. But All Hallows Eve or some shit. It yeah. Was, ugh. So
1: the full moon animates him, but he has to be back before Halloween, which since when did Halloween have anything to do with mummies?
0: No idea. But here we are in this movie called Under Wraps. Right. Anyway, going forward.
1: Going <laughs> forward. Um, the cops come and they...
0: Yeah, so the cops pull up outside the museum. They're like, looks like a break-in. Let's go check it out. Then the kids are like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. I have no idea how they know the cops are there,
1: but they do. I don't either. I think they maybe just realized they'd been in there too long.
0: And it was time to get I the fuck know. out.
1: So, um, and they they also realize that Harold knows he's gotta get back in and they promise to help him. Mm-hmm. So, cut to the next morning, and Marshall's complaining because he couldn't sleep because Harold was watching every sappy movie there is and going through boxes of tissues. Yep. <laughs> Amy expresses fear that they're not going to be able to pull this off, like that they're going to fail. And that she's worried that Marshall's too, too connected. Yeah,
0: Because he this is like a friend for him. And she doesn't want him to feel sad. And that was the first time I looked at him and I was like, Amy wants to fuck Marshall.
1: Yep.
0: So Definitely. the people that are trying to fuck in this movie are Amy and Marshall.
1: I don't think she quite knows it yet, though.
0: Well, she's I'll like 13, so she doesn't realize yep. that she wants to fuck. But she, she like, asks him questions about him because that's usually what that leads to.
1: Right. And Marshall... Ugh, yes. Marshall's like... No one's ever counted on me before, and I'm not going to let him down. So Marshall's, like, all in on this plan.
0: Yep. As they're sitting out there, uh, Harold and, and Gilbert are playing around. The kid from earlier shows up. and Wait, can
1: like, we th- talk about how they're playing around?
0: They're shooting they're Nerf guns at each other. Nerf guns. <laughs> yeah, they're shooting Nerf guns at each other. How the fuck does Harold know how to use a gun?
1: I don't know, but, like, is Nerf that one. the most 90s thing that you can be doing in your backyard?
0: <laughs> yeah, running around with Nerf guns. We had them when we were kids, but we couldn't really we couldn't really afford them. Like, so we had, like, guns, but they had, like, two bullets that you could each, like, use once or twice. And then you had to, like, run and go get them. It was terrible. <laughs> but, but I, I want to know, how did Harold know how to play with this toy? I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm not loving this. Anyway, oh, I'm sorry,
1: but right, like, you said that the little kid comes in.
0: Yeah, that from same earlier. Little kid. And he's, I still think it's
1: Amy's little brother.
0: And they're like, "What are you doing here, Leonard?" Because found out now his name is Leonard. Oh. And they're like, "Leonard, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, just you guys got a mummy right there, and he has no he he has no qualms the fact that there's a mummy there." <laughs> no. And they're like, "Well, where did you guys see? Did you guys see? Did you see where he took the rest of Kubot stuff?" And uh, Leonard's like, it was a yellow truck. And they're like, okay, do you have any more info? Was there writing on it? He's like, I don't know. I can't read. I'm like, how do you know this is a fucking mommy, bro? Like, this is a, you can't read. You're probably like six. But Whatevs. Anyway. They're like, I can't read. They're like, you're no help. And he's like, well, just don't ask the guy for ice cream. (laughs) And they're like, oh shit, ice cream? The ice cream trucks in the neighborhood are yellow. That must be what it is. Yup. And so did, they
1: guessed right.
0: We then get the the classic Disney montage where they have to get from there to... to get Harold to the place where the yellow ice cream truck is. At one point, Harold rides a bicycle.
1: A little girl's
0: bike. How does Harold know how to ride a bicycle? I'm just... I guess because of the time warp and the fact that he could be alive for six months because he could be alive from one full moon till Halloween. What if he's alive for a full year? What if the full moon is November fucking 1st and he comes alive and he walks around the Earth until the 31st? But, all right, guys, gotta go.
1: Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying.
0: That's the only thing that makes sense, and this is a dumb theory.
1: (laughs) My theory.
0: I'm gonna have to go with it because it's the only thing that makes sense for the things that piss me off in this film.
1: I mean, it does connect the dots.
0: Harold rides a damn bicycle.
1: Right in some sweet disco '70s clothes, by the way.
0: Oh yeah, did you know? Did you realize earlier when he accidentally ordered a so earlier in the in the film before the hospital scene, he goes through a drive-through. And they give him food. First off, he just grunts and moans. The girl deciphers an order, Mm -hmm. charges him less than $4 for a double cheeseburger, fries, and a drink, which I thought was insane. That was the (laughs) craziest thing to me in this whole movie. Anyway, after that, he gets the drink, and he's drinking through a fucking straw.
1: Yeah, he has a mouth.
0: How does he know how a straw works?
1: I'm telling you because he (laughs) comes back every full moon. (laughs)
0: Okay, okay. It's the only thing that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, they ride okay. a bike and they go right. to... And they go to the
1: ice cream company.
0: Uh-huh. So they're like on the wharf or some shit.
1: And this is when I find that Mr. Kubot's alive. <laughs> For me. even have in my notes, guess this fool isn't dead. Um. Apparently he was around way before that and I completely missed it.
0: Uh-huh.
1: But, um... He's telling them, like, oh, they can't. They're going to have to call off the sale because the buyer is coming and the, it's empty. And Marshall, like, stops Harold from getting in the coffin and saying, like, we'll come back for the coffin. The movie could have ended right here in this moment.
0: I did not understand why they're trying to stop him from getting in the coffin because he's going to turn the dust otherwise. Even if he's sold, he could get out the coffin later. Who the fuck knows what's going to happen to him? Y'all right. don't know. This is not the like. This is not Harold's first rodeo, at any point. Whether he, the, whether the theory of him being alive before or not is real, Harold has been around. He has to get back in this the sarcophagus. He has to. So why do you guys try to stop him?
1: Because Marshall's selfish and he has a new friend and he doesn't want to let him go.
0: Yeah, Marshall's terrible, but he, but he plans on outsmarting the goons, because they still want to get Harold's cough, uh, sarcophagus back, but they just don't want him, that Kubot, to have it, which doesn't make sense to me, because you're still going to have the same result. So, I, I'm just confused about that.
1: I am he's gonna... too, but it's so that we can keep going with the movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. So, uh, so
1: they, they leave the ice cream factory, and that's when Marshall tells the rest of the gang, like, there. yeah, this fool's alive. And, like, they just believe him. Like, I didn't even believe you when you told me. <laughs> but, well, they're no, like, they're like, they're oh, like, okay, cool, this guy's sounds
0: alive. Sounds legit. Sounds legit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so then they go back to Bruce for help, and one of the goons sees them riding away, and then they that goon fills Kubot in on the whole, like, animated mummy thing. Right. So now Kubot and the goons know that the mummy is up and walking around. They go to the Halloween festival to look for Bruce, and they see Marshall's mom and boyfriend Ted dancing. Uh
0: Uh-huh.
1: And Amy, being the kind and caring person she is, tells Marshall that, like, you can always talk to me if you want. Some major vibes. Major vibes going on. So they're at this
0: Halloween party, and literally in my notes, this says they go to a Halloween party, and I just can't with this movie anymore. And I stopped taking notes. <laughs> I stopped taking notes at this point. And I'm going to let you finish out this, this, this podcast oh, from here because right. this is where I was <laughs> done.
1: So Gilbert and Harold are hanging out outside because, you know, Gilbert is always failing at life. And um, he hears all by myself and he goes into the dance right as the goons pull up. Gilbert, completely failing on his mummy-sitting duties, goes to warn Marshall about the goons. Mm -hmm. So Harold's, like, walking around the party, finds this woman dressed up as Cleopatra, and, like, goes to dance with her.
0: He, like, bowed down to her, and she's like, that's enough, let's dance. So they're dancing and she's like, is that high karate?
1: Yep. Ooh, I
0: didn't even know they made this anymore.
1: So she's definitely digging him. Mm -hmm. Gilbert confuses this man dressed as a mummy for Harold and then like tries to like bully him around. And then it turns out that that's like his principal,
0: which came out of nowhere. Once again, a thing that was a missing plot hole, but whatever, this film is rife with them.
1: Right, we're getting to the point where we have to speed up again. Yeah,
0: this is when the movie's coming to an end. So, So then... where they yada yada, the end of the movie. uh,
1: The goons are going through and they're checking all of the mummies at the party, looking for the actual mummy. Gilbert finally finds Harold and Cleopatra is, like, unwrapping his face to see what this guy looks like. And... The entire party goes, like, crazy, like, unnecessarily stampeding around.
0: Right, when they realize that the face is that of an undead person.
1: Yeah, but it's a Halloween party, so, like, he just did a good job with his costume.
0: His makeup's fantastic it's on point, which is why I'm like, ugh, this movie's, this is the part where I was like, I just can't, I can't, how are you guys all afraid? I'm done.
1: So, the crew runs through the haunted house to escape the goons, and the crew gets away in Bruce's hearse. But Harold stays back and holds off the goons. or anyone? or?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game of Thrones reference.
1: Yep. And um, Harold the, gets caught by the goons.
0: Yeah, the squad gets away. Squad goons squad take Harold away. to the ice cream factory or whatever. String his yep. ass up.
1: And Marshall convinces Bruce that, like, we need some adult help here. And Gilbert, once they get to the factory, chickens out. Again.
0: Bitches like, out in the, in the car.
1: passenger seat. I don't want Marshall, to be here. I'm staying
0: in the car. <laughs> yeah.
1: Marshall's like, this is the first time where he was like, it's okay, man. Like, why don't you stay here? Like,
0: Yeah, I put you what... through so much shit yeah. that you didn't ask for over the last two days. I get it.
1: Yeah, that's that was actually quite nice of him. It's the first time he's, like, done something nice to poor Gilbert. And... Bruce has a bunch of costume, like, gore stuff in the back of the hearst. And they use all this stuff to make a plan of attack. Amy comes, like, out screaming for help. And she's got some, like, fake eye gore coming out of her uh-huh. eye Please. socket. And it distracts a security guard, which they knock out and then tie him up with rubber intestines. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And then Marshall goes into the warehouse solo... And Mr. Kubot is explaining to the buyer that the deal's off. And Harold is chained up, and Marshall gets to him. Marshall needs a distraction, so Amy comes up with the idea of setting off the fire sprinklers to distract them to free Harold. And makes Bruce go up there and do it because he's taller, but then he just ends up knocking over a bunch of tubs of ice cream, or empty ice cream. Which actually gives them the distraction they need, and Marshall frees Harold. Yep. Um.
0: Kubat and and Marshall have a standoff, if you will. Yes. That's when yeah. Kubat tells him his evil plan of getting away with from the IRS, IRS with tax fraud, because this is his, why we're doing this.
1: His evil plan was getting away from the IRS.
0: Yep. This is all about tax fraud.
1: Yep. And um, so he faked his death to get away from the IRS. And Marshall's like, you'll never get away with it. At which point, the goons show up with Amy and Bruce, and they have them in custody. So we've lost the battle here. Kubat pretty much admits that like he's planning on murdering them all for IRS fraud. Like, that's yeah. intense. It's
0: escalated. Everything is escalated in this film.
1: Yes. And then, dun-da-da-da, Gilbert... Drives the hearst through the warehouse wall, which collapses the roof onto the goons.
0: hmm That's the best K- way to get away.
1: Yeah. Kubot pulls a gun on Marshall, and Marshall, like, completely calls a bluff, like, you'll never shoot me, at which point he, like, cocks the gun, and Harold goes after Kubot. This is when I think Amy actually realizes that she is in love with Marshall, because yeah. she freaked out when the gun was pulled on him. And then she even says to him, like, if anything were to happen to you. But it didn't. But it didn't. And that's kind of how, it, like, pretty pretty boring. Mm-hmm. They, get, they get the coffin. They get out of Dodge. They wind up at the museum. Harold uses his necklace to wake up the queen. Yep. And they have some real intimate moments.
0: They come back alive for like a second. He like loves her. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, they love each other. And it's like for a few seconds because then he climbs into his coffin and she lays back down. And they close the sarcophagus.
1: Yep. Says his goodbye to the rest of the crew. Um, Harold ends up giving the pennant necklace to Marshall. Which, that's kind of sweet, I think. I'm not really sure what the pennant does or has anything to do with anything.
0: Neither do I. I thought it brought him to life, but then he gives I thought it thing. did,
1: too, but clearly not. So, I guess it's Consuming. just a token of love. Yeah. And they close the coffins. Amy is, like, comforting Marshall. Cut to daylight. Marshall's packing away all of his scary room stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The mom comes in and was like you know what i never really asked you if you're cool with me dating ted and he like blows off the question like meh.
0: it's cool it's whatever
1: yeah and as she's walking away he's like do you really love him you should marry him if you do no one should stand in your way but then like you know ted should kind of lighten up and stop being so nice
0: which is ridiculous but okay marshall's still, still the worst
1: and um, Gilbert comes in the room and he's like, "Amy's on her way over. We're gonna
0: watch the movie." And Marshall's yeah. like, "Oh shit!" The- yep. I didn't know Amy was coming and he, like goes and grabs a nice shirt. I'm like, "Oh, they're trying to
1: fuck." Yep. He, so he puts gets a nice some, shirt. Uh, gel in his hair. Yep.
0: And then Gilbert's like, "What are you doing?" It's just Amy. Yeah. And he's like, y- "You don't get it, bro. <laughs> you don't get it. <laughs> I'm trying to impress her." And he opens the door and Amy's standing there and he's like, "That's a in nice a dress." dress. Yeah. yeah. Her hair and, is curled. And he's like, "That's you look nice. And she's like, thanks. And that's awkward for like a second. And then they start insulting each other. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're 13 years old.
1: Right. Right. Um, and then things seem to go back to normal as they're walking down the street to uh, go watch a movie.
0: I imagine that the rest that the rest of their lives they have the story of how they were mummies. They had a mummy friend for like a day or two. And then Amy and Marshall end up getting married Because of this mummy secret and Gilbert ends up being celibate for the rest of his life. And that's the end of the movie.
1: That sounds about right. I feel like that's accurate.
0: That was the end of the movie.
1: I think he only goes celibate after he tries to persuade them to do a three-way and they (laughs)
0: decline. (laughs) And they they turn him down. I believe that. I can see that happening. (laughs) Lindsay, thank you for recapping that film for us. What did you think of the movie?
1: Actually, liked it. One of the things that stood out was how good the acting was in this movie in comparison to other decoms that I've seen.
0: It wasn't bad. The acting was not her- terrible. The thing that I had the biggest pro, I hated this film. I was out. If you haven't, couldn't tell from my tone. This whole <laughs> time, I've been out since day one, and the reason I was out was because there's just it's rife with plot holes. They make no sense. I can't even get down with it because they don't even try to explain it. They don't even try to tell us what's going on, make this make sense. And I'm not here for that.
1: Maybe they were supposed to be in under wraps too and they never got to it.
0: Maybe. Well, I mean, he gave away his pendant. Maybe that brought him to life. Maybe. My biggest thing was really at the end when they're trying to not let Kubat get the mummy. And I'm like, he has to get the sarcophagus anyway. So what are we doing here, guys? What are we really doing? What are we trying to stop?
1: Well, I don't think Kubot knew that he had to get in the coffin and that if he didn't, he would turn to dust. Because I feel like we probably could have wrapped that up wrapped up, by just saying, if he doesn't get in the coffin in the next hour to two hours, he won't exist anyway.
0: True. But it seemed that Kubot knew that he could come to life.
1: It did seem that it was a possibility, but I mean, the guy worked at a museum. I'm sure he's heard the
0: myths you know, and legends. Myths, yeah, probably. Probably. But it
1: clearly, didn't read into it enough to be like, "Oh, there's a time limit on it."
0: So, Lindsay, you're you're a watch this movie. I'ma skip it. Yeah. Yeah, you're a watch this. You'll watch it again. I'm never watching this shit again.
1: <laughs> but I. I I agree with you on the plot holes. Like it it wasn't the best storyline, but the acting is The, what the kids I was
0: acting was better with. than expected, yeah. I will yeah. give you that. The kids acting was better than expected. Um who won the movie? Amy. I have to go with Amy as well. She was the m- most witty. She was the most entertaining. She knew things far beyond her age. It was as if she had the internet. But you know, it was ninety seven. She was
1: just smart.
0: Yeah, who was the worst character in this movie? The mummy. I would have to go with that too. <laughs> two for two. The we know we hardly agree on who won and lost. Um, <laughs> yeah, the mummy was terrible. He was I mean he was a fine mummy, but there was just so many things. Like I said like I, like I mentioned, drinking out of a straw. How he went through a hospital wing and no one seemed to recognize him at first and the fact that he could understand and speak English to me was ridiculous
1: so it's like how could he be so smart and so dumb at the same time
0: yeah yeah it was just too much for me too much so we have Amy as the winner of the movie we have Harold as the loser of this film Mm -hmm. who who won in life I guess like, like I said, no one really does too much else after this movie. Adam Wiley, I guess has to, we have to say, one at life. Because...
1: That's Gilbert, right?
0: Yeah. um, I guess, you know what? Actually, looking here a little closer, Harold won at life. So Harold's Bill Fagerbecky, he was the one on coach. The Mummy slash Ted.
1: Yeah, that's what I said
0: I thought you were talking about Cuba
1: oh no no no
0: yeah yeah yeah. so Bill was on coach he also played Marshall's dad for 12 episodes of How I Met Your Mother
1: yes
0: so he he, okay. Won. Okay. he won he won a life he does a lot of voice roles too he plays he's Patrick uh, he's Patrick Star by the way from Spongebob okay so in all the TV shows and all the films, he's the voice of Patrick. So I'm gonna to have to say he he won he won all he won life. Yeah. Because he's still he's still the voice of Patrick now. And Spongebob and this is and this right now, SpongeBob is huge. Kids love that shit still. So?
1: Yes, kids love that.
0: I mean Stoned adults love that shit too. I don't know. <laughs> I never was a fan, but stoned adults love it. Kids love it. So he does a lot of voice work now, and he was, yeah, he was Marsh, he was Marvin Erickson, senior. So we have so to say of,
1: of the adults, he Bill, wanted life, but then of the kid actors, Adam Wiley did right. Gilbert. Uh-huh. I can agree with that.
0: All right, so we we've gone through who won a life. There's no one that really lost a life. That's hard to say. I think I think the kids got out of acting pretty early, so that's fine. Anything else you you think we need to talk about? No, no I don't think so. Just
1: really surprised by how dark this movie was. Yeah,
0: especially for it to be the first decal movie. I'm glad the movies get better as the time goes on. I don't know why they decided to start with this movie or who decided that this was going to be the movie to launch Disney Channel Original Movies, but here we are. Yeah, it is what I
1: it mean, is. It is. I, I mean, they cover guns. They cover, like, suicide, murder. A lot of
0: jokes. A lot of jokes about real dark yeah. shit. Bras. Yeah, sex, childrens, uh, young young adults, so birds busy. and bees. Yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Well, but,
1: Yeah, but I have nothing else other than that.
0: Perfect. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the DCOM After Dark podcast. Please remember to subscribe to us on iTunes and to rate us five stars. We'd very much appreciate that. And leave a comment in the comments to tell us if what you liked and didn't like about this podcast. And if you didn't like stuff, still give us five stars and we'll try to fix it. <laughs> Other than that, Lindsay is great talking to you once again. I can't wait till we talk about our next Disney Channel original movie.
1: Until next time
0: bye <laughs>